Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. I'm really excited to have on today's show Nathan Chan, who is the founder of Founder Mag, which is a very popular online magazine and a bunch of other stuff now, actually. They're expanding to a bunch of different territories, so it's more of a kind of a media platform, and Nathan will talk to us about that. Um, but it initially started as kind of a digital online magazine uh, for entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs and, and people like that, people like uh, myself, and just creating really great content in digital format. And now it's kind of blown up in the past couple of years, and uh, I'm really excited to talk to Nathan today. So Nathan, so much, thank you so much for being on the call with us. You're welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for having me, man. Yeah. So I, I, before we get into Founder and everything you're doing with that, I'd like to take a step back. What led you to that? So tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure thing. So my background is uh, not in publishing. <laughs> uh, it's it's not in uh, graphic design or, or apps or editorial or anything of the sort. It's actually in just uh, technology. Uh, so I used to do uh, IT support at a, at a travel company. And um, yeah, look, I was just really, really frustrated uh, just working a nine to five job and doing work that didn't fulfill me. So much to the point that I went back to university and uh, did a master's in marketing and, and thought that by doing that, I could get a job in marketing and I could find work that fulfilled me. And and, uh, you know, that, that didn't really work out. And, uh, you know, uh, long story short, I, I uh, ended up starting Founder about two and a half years ago. So that's, I mean, it's pretty cool because I, I, I think it's always fun to hear um, how people get into what they're into. And so the fact that you had no publishing experience before that is fascinating to me as somebody who kind of works in that um, industry, I guess you could say as well. Um, but tell me a little bit about why, what drove you to do a magazine then? Why digital magazine? Well, you know, I think, I think there wasn't that much strategy to it, to be honest, Tom. Like I just, I was just looking for something to do and I, I was looking for an outlet to get my creative juices flowing and, and I just stumbled across the idea of, of publishing a, a digital magazine and, you know, it wasn't like one of these things where I was just like, you know, boom, you know, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create this digital magazine. It was more along the lines of, let's just try it as a side project while I work in my day job and see how things go. And then, yeah, it just, uh, you know, slowly but surely, I, you know, we had this publishing schedule and it was a monthly magazine and I wasn't going to let anyone down. And I just, just kept going with it and, and through through that just sheer determination of keeping going with it and not wanting to let anyone down, I've just built so much momentum, man, that, uh, yeah, look, I built it up to, to leave my day job. It took me about a year. And then, you know, uh, we, we started, we, not long after that, we launched a podcast and then 
not long after that, we started doing all this other cool stuff on social media. And then, you know, we started to move into, now we're starting to move into more digital products and kind of like, here we are. But yeah, look, there wasn't really like a, a solid strategy that I knew that I, I was going to do this for a long period of time or that, that, uh, you know, it was going to take off. I, I really just like, was just super frustrated with my day job, man. And, and yeah, I just wanted to try, uh, something else and, you know, found as my first serious business and yeah, look, looking back, I, I wish I could tell you that everything that I'm doing now was, was planned out two and a half years ago and, and, all these things that like from the outside might look like, wow, that those guys know what's going on. They're super smart. Like it's just purely from just speaking to a lot of people, speaking to our, you know, customer base, speaking to people that know their stuff. And, uh, you just kind of, we're just kind of working out from there. Totally. So are you, is it your full-time job now? Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 So I, I built up founder, uh, so I started March 2013, took me about a year to build it up, leave my day job. So around uh, early 2014, I left my day job. And so what, that's been like a year and a half at least that uh, I've been working on it full time. And uh, yeah, we've got like a decent sized team now behind us as well. That's awesome. So for you, what was like that, what were the important like metrics in the beginning um, going from full like day job to working on this full time? Like what would have said... What to what to you would have been like a signal to say, okay, I probably should quit or stop doing this, or what to you was also conversely, okay, this is working, um, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, so now. it's funny in regards to it was working. I remember like asking a lot of people and trying to find out if I'd found product market fit, and you know we had tons of paid customers, but I still was wanting to know that question because I felt like a bit of an imposter, and you know. I think that what, what drove me to know when, when it was ready for me to leave my day job was one, I had at least six months savings in the bank. Two, I had replaced my income and three, uh, I was, you know, covering the, covering the operating costs of the business. Uh, like the, the business was, you know, fully, fully operational from the amount of revenue we're bringing in. Plus I could pay myself a, a small salary because I actually, you know, my day job, I actually didn't earn a very good wage and, uh, yeah, I could just replace that and, and, you know, I could pay my rent and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, that was kind of, those, those are kind of the benchmark figures and, and metrics to, to know that it was time. And, you know, I remember one of my mentors saying to me, you know, when you leave your job, you're going to wish you had left sooner. And it was so, he was so true. Like if I had left sooner, you know, I, I was essentially losing money. I, I think that's, that's what it's got to come down to. You have, like you, you should, you know, when it's time to leave your day job, when you're losing money being there, that you're, the, the potential for scale is, and the amount of revenue you could generate for the, not only the business, but, you know, paying yourself a salary and the impact you can make, uh, far outweighs, you know, being there in your day job, then that's when it's time to leave. I wish I had left sooner. You, so you're saying that you would wish you had actually left even before you'd replaced your, your income, your day job income. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's interesting. I'm always curious about those. I made the leap, uh, way before I had that, but I had some savings and I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take, give it a shot. I was like, we'll see what happens. And it got, you know, again, got lucky, but also just hustle and, and perseverance, I think really pays off. So yeah, 
I'm, I'm curious about like you, you start this digital magazine, you start to get uh, subscribers, you got enough to you know replace your income, which is awesome, and 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 pay for operational costs. Um, so what were like the next? Once you recognize that, you're like, okay, actually, this is doing really well. You made the choice to go out at full time. What was then like your plan of attack? Like how how did it change, if anything, going from part time to full time? Yeah. So you know, I'll be very honest, Tom. Um, when I like when I left my day job and and while I was in my like so when I was in my day job, my whole focus was around building up the magazine, getting as many readers as we can, getting as many as much traffic and eyeballs to the magazine. But a lot of that was just purely, you know, producing great content and and just really getting that process down pat of creating an epic magazine. But then, you know, like I I didn't really do much on social media. We didn't have a a presence on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google Plus or any of that. We didn't even do any content marketing didn't do any guest blog posts. I was actually never invited to go onto anyone's podcasts or anything of the sort. So I was just completely and utterly focused on the magazine and growing the magazine. But I wasn't doing nowhere near the amount of sheer volume that we do now in terms of you know marketing, outreach, content. So when I left my day job, I guess – the same rules still applied. However, I had like an extra 40 hours a week to focus on other things. And I remember even thinking to myself, this is this is where it gets really funny, Tom. Like I remember even thinking to myself, you know, been running founder for just over a year and I'd left my day job. Like let, I, I, let's, let's start some other businesses. Like I, I always wanted to do like an e-commerce business. Maybe I should do some more apps and stuff like that. And then I had the realization that, you know, I'm building a brand here with Founder. Like if I, you know, if I, if I want to, you know, I guess, cause, cause I think as entrepreneurs, we get bored, right? And, you know, you, you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Otherwise it might feel like you're back in your day job. And, um, I was thinking, well, like I've got this brand here, right? Instead of like starting other businesses and, and, you know, doing other things, that's going to take away from founder. Why don't I just start working on other, I guess, maybe products or projects under the founder brand because we're already, you know, that gives us more leverage and we're already building this brand. And, uh, you know, that was kind of a light bulb moment for me because then I was like, okay, well, we've got all this content. How can we repurpose this content? So then I was like, okay, well, we can put it into the podcast. You know, I've got all these epic interviews locked away with inside the magazine. So, uh, you know, I, to do the interviews, I usually record them over Skype, give them to one of our writers, and then, you know, we get a feature article out of that. And then from there, uh, when we publish the magazine, we actually put that audio interview inside the magazine to accompany the, the feature article. So it's like, I've got all these epic interviews. Let's like, just put them out into the world for the podcast. And that, and that really took off. And, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a great way to curate an epic podcast too, because I promise you, like there's a, I've done so many interviews that, that not all of them make the podcast, you know? So the best ones get to the podcast, which is, which is a really great way to, to have a, an amazingly curated podcast with really solid content. And so, yeah, I launched the podcast and then, you know, that took me a while to bring together. Like it, when I left my job. It took me about six months to find my feed and just it's 
it's so different going from, you know, working on a side hustle project to working on that project full time. Like I remember yeah. I was just super unproductive and it took me like a few months to get my bearings. And then, you know, once I did, you know, I just kind of focused and that's what I do. I just focus on one thing at a time. So we focused on launching the podcast. And then once we did that, you know, we updated the website and then we focused on being very aggressive on content marketing. And then, you know, once we did that, then we were, at the same time, you know, we were focusing on social media like Instagram, Twitter, and that was probably what this time last year I started doing the social media stuff. And then, uh, you know, now we're getting super, super, super focused on creating more products because we only have the magazine and this Instagram course. So now we're really focused on creating more products and then also getting very aggressive on content marketing, not just not just producing epic content on our own blog, but on other big publications. So just focusing on one thing at a time and yeah, that's 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 how that's what I've kind of been progressively working on. Okay, so I want to dig into this a little bit more, and I think you've already given it a good answer, but I think it's a super interesting topic. Um, this idea of focus, um, of finding kind of your feet, especially when you're just starting something from scratch and you're not necessarily sure like which direction it's going to go per se. Like you have an idea, but you know it's still so fresh that it could go a lot of different ways. So tell me a little bit about like I guess you said it took you a little while to to get your I guess get your bearing in terms of like managing yourself, managing your business full time. How did you, I guess uh, for you, did you go through a process of actually like uh, strategically like reflecting on or, or analyzing like this, these are going to be the, the next stages or do you just say, okay, we should do social media. Now let's do it. Or we should do this podcast. Let's do it. Um, what was like the thought process behind that and how do you decide on what to focus? And, and specifically now, now that you've been doing this for a couple of years, like now, how do you decide what you focus on? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it's, it's a combination of things, Tom. Like I might have an idea planted in my mind that I've written down or that I just – and it just keeps coming back to me. It's like like I might be speaking to friends or I might be speaking to people and it's just like, yeah, look, i got to do that. Like eventually it comes to a point. So like that, that podcast idea, that was seeded for like, you know, after I started the magazine like six months later, but it took me about, a, you know, almost a year to launch it. Um, so, and, and now I've launched it, it and it's been out for just over a year. Like I realized how easy it is to launch a podcast, but you know, that idea of launching that podcast, that was something that I was playing and toying with in my mind for a while. So there's a few things I do. Uh, it's a combination of things. So, uh, I met this guy who, who I interviewed for the magazine and his name's Matthew Michaelwitz. And he's a super successful entrepreneur out of Australia. So I'm based in Melbourne. He lives in Adelaide. And he sold his last business for, for over $50 million. And uh, I interviewed him in the early days. And it was really cool because when he came down to Melbourne, he's like, you know, he's like, Nathan, I want to catch up, shake your hand, and just thank you for, for interviewing me for your publication. And we caught up. And uh, lucky, luckily enough, he was, he was a really, really uh, friendly guy and a very helpful guy. Uh, he's ended up becoming a great mentor of mine, and he showed me this system that he uses around setting goals. Because you know, he's like, "What's your goals, the founder?" You know, and at this stage, you know, I was still in my day job when I was speaking to him. He's like, "What's your goals, the founder?" I was like, "You know, I want to leave my day job." And uh, he taught me this system 
around creating a goal pyramid. So you have like your top goal. So my top goal is like leave my day job. This is how much the business needs to be generating in revenue. And then you have all like, you know, in a pyramid, you have, you know, your top goal at the top of the pillars and then you have other pillars underneath. And these are things that you need to do to achieve that, that top goal. And, uh, you know, he taught me that system and I tell you what, man, that's one of the best things I've ever learned because I've been doing these goal pyramids, you know, the last, like I've done three of them now, the first one to leave my day job, the second one after I left my day job, and then the third one uh, for this whole year of 2015. And every single time I've smashed those goals, like the top pyramid goals, like I've already smashed, like, you know, my goal, my top goal for 2015 was, was, you know, a certain revenue number and, and a certain uh, number of impact across all of our, like across our platform. And I smashed that in like October. So I'm really, mm. really excited for 2016. And and essentially all of those things like the podcast, other products, you know, social media, all of those things come from the other pillars of, of that goal pyramid. And those other pillars and those ideas are things that I've been pondering and thinking about, you know, for, for a reasonable amount of time that I've been playing with and toying with in my mind. And if it keeps coming back to me, then I'm like, yeah, I've got to do it. So like a good, a good like way to break this down for you around what, what we should focus on is like right now, you know, uh, I, I'll give you some numbers that you might find interesting. Like right now, the founder email newsletter database is at close to 120,000 and I've built that in about a year. This time last year is about 3,000 and you know, yeah, our Instagram account is at, at close to half a million. Our site traffic, if you include all the traffic we drive to our landing pages, it's well over a hundred thousand, you know, uniques a month. Uh, you know, so, so you know, our podcast, we get at least you know sixty, almost sixty thousand downloads a month. You know, our, our magazine, we get like we have twenty five thousand readers a month. So. And and our only other product, including the magazine, is this Instagram course because you know we, we're crushing it on Instagram. A lot of our community want to know how to do it, so we create this Instagram course. So right now, our biggest problem is we have such a such a quite a quite decent sized community, and we don't have enough product to service that community. So you know what are we what are we good, what can we focus on now? Like you know we're doing great stuff on social, we're doing great stuff with our content marketing and our and our outreach for guests, like blogging and stuff like that. You know what? So you know we know that that's a problem. We need more product. We know we've got a good formula for creating great content and, and you know spreading the word about the brand. So you know some of the ideas that kept coming back to me is like, you know, what what are some more courses that we can create? What are what are some more problems we can solve? Uh, a lot of people, I know this is a common one, a lot of people are coming to us and saying, I want to start a business, I don't know where to start. So that's that's a potential course that we could start. But, you know, I don't I don't want to teach all those courses. I think that's a big thing for us to for us to really scale up founder. Uh, I, I I you know, it can't be all centered around me. So, you know, we're gonna have to find someone else to teach a course around uh, how to start a business. Maybe that's our our mutual friend Dan Norris. Like maybe we can do like a yeah. like a profit split uh, with um, you know his seven day startup stuff, and we can do like a partnership with Founder, and that's a how to start a business course, and that's something that actually has been played around with and toyed in my mind. But then, you know, if we're going to roll out this course, you know, we need to have a solid funnel and stuff like that, and we still haven't hundred percent mastered the marketing funnel for the Instagram course. So 
I don't feel comfortable moving mm. to the next course mm. unless we've still mastered that Instagram marketing funnel. And that's another thing we're still focusing on and working on. So, you know, I know that we've got all these silos. Like, I know we need to connect our community together. Like, we need to, our tribe needs a home. And, you know, an idea that I'd been playing with for the past six months is creating like a membership based site. And, you know, I'm going to call it Founders Club. So that's a big focus that we're working on now because in the interim, while we're still working on mastering that marketing funnel for the Instagram course, we're going to create another digital product which helps, you know, further service our community. It's going to be a recurring revenue product. A lot of people ask us, you know, how do you access the magazine on your computer? You currently cannot. So that's going to be part of that recurring product. It's going to, you know, allow the community to be, you know, brought together. And yeah, from there, like, you know, you know, part of one of my goals at the start of this year was to have two digital products, um, like two digital products uh, apart from the magazine. So, you know, we're just so close to launching Founders Club and we've launched this Instagram course. So that's how I work out what to focus on coming from from my goals uh, that I set at the start of this year and then also from, yeah, just playing with a series of ideas in my mind and if they keep coming back and, and if it matches up, then yeah, it's the right move. I love that. Uh, that's brilliant, man. Really good stuff. And I know it's something that's applicable to anybody who's doing any kind of goal setting. So I really like that. Um, super actionable. So I guess that's that's interesting because that, that, that was my next question. I was like, you know, where do you go from here? So that's really fascinating. I'm super excited to see where you guys uh, do evolve to. As far as like what you're working on now, like I guess what gives you the greatest personal joy and personal satisfaction in, in what you're doing? Mm. You know, I think just for me, like, Every day is a blessing, man. Like, it's just so much fun. Like, just that feeling that I get inside of me, if I was, you know, to be completely selfless, like, if I compared that to just working, you know, in my nine to five job and and just thinking, oh, you know, like, I wake up to my alarm clock, oh, shit, I've got to go to work today, you know. For, now, for me now, it's just so much fun uh, just doing the stuff we're doing, you know, making the impact we're making. And, and, uh, you know, another thing that, that uh, gives me a lot of personal joy is just hearing from people in our community and, uh, you know, hearing, you know, how much, uh, our work and our content has had an impact on their life or, or change the game for them. I think that's where the real gold is at, man. You know, we talk about revenue and, and that is a big focus, you know, for me, I'm, I'm not going to lie, man, revenue for the business is a big focus, but you can also measure the amount of revenue you make in comparison to the amount of impact you're having within, you know, your marketplace or your community. Uh, so, you know, that, that is, that is, you know, really, really important as well. I'm curious, how do you handle the, the hiring process, like for the, for building your team? Cause again, starting from a digital publication, like you're obviously not doing everything yourself. So, you know, how did you go about that and how has that uh, changed or, you know, over time? Um, I know it's a pretty broad question. Yeah, yeah. Just super curious about that. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. So I think um, maybe would you like me to just tell tell you, like, give you a little bit of a rundown of our team right now and, yeah. and who's working on what, and then I can break down how I like f- like brought each person on. Would that yeah, help? That'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, um, when I first started the magazine, you know, in my day job, uh, you know, I couldn't I couldn't create it from scratch. I don't have any background in design or editorial, anything of the sort. So 
the first piece of the puzzle was using off-the-shelf publishing software to because if you want to publish a magazine on the App Store and the Google Play Store, you need to use off-the-shelf publishing software. Like you don't need to build an app yourself. So like even Forbes, Fast Company, they use off-the-shelf publishing software called Maz, M-A-Z. And uh, those guys, their business development guys flat out hit me up to try and get me to move across to their platform. And uh, anyways, um, so so we used off-the-shelf publishing software called MagCast. And mm. uh, that's a little bit more cost-affordable and, and I think just as good, if not better. And, you know, we ne- I needed a graphic designer. So the first piece of that process was to, you know, I think if I were to – to hire a graphic designer in, you know, America, you know, UK, Australia, to, to create a magazine issue every month, it would cost me, you know, I don't even know, but anywhere between, I'd, I'd anticipate anywhere between like five to 10K per issue, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, you know, to start the founder, it cost me to launch it, it cost me about $3,000. Mm. And I didn't want to have that operating cost of putting together the magazine of like, you know, just the, just the design alone, or, you know, uh, like quite high. Like that's, that's a decent amount of money, five to $10,000 a month. It could even go up to 20,000. It just depends about how many hands are touching it. So, you know, I looked to uh, utilize, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, these developing countries. So I was looking at the Philippines, I was looking at India and I went through quite a few different graphic designers uh, and I ended up finding Karen, uh, Karen from his his company's called it's now called it's called it's called Enemus, but it, it's now called it was called Enemus, and I think it's called Matt First now. And mm-hmm. uh, anyways, you know, we we started working together. I found him through Elance, and uh, we started working together. And I still work with him to till to this day. He does all the branding, he does all the magazine, and every month, and he has a, a few other clients as well that he does magazines for. And uh, you know, super cost affordable, great guy, um, and you know uh, the the amount of money I pay uh, for him, like is is quite good. And uh, you know, um, you know that he, he's the person that manages uh, you know putting the, together the magazine. And then you know the next piece of the puzzle was you know I'm not I'm not really I know what kind of content that is that is good that I'd want to read. And I think I have a good eye for content and, and that kind of, you know, editorial direction. But in terms of copy editing and stuff like that, uh, I'm terrible at. So, you know, I found Tate, who's our copy editor for the magazine, but also he's our editor of our blog. Um, now he wasn't, he wasn't always our editor of our blog because we, we weren't that aggressive on our content marketing, but you know, in the past, what, three, four months, he's come on as being, the editor of our blog and still the copy editor of the magazine. And, uh, you know, I found him off Elance and, uh, you know, what do I look for when I hire people? I guess a really great character and in Tate and, um, Coran's, uh, in regards to Tate and Coran, they both had amazing experience. So for Coran, he, he, you know, he had an amazing portfolio as, as a graphic designer. And that's the first thing I looked at. For Tate, you know, he used to work at newspapers, so he really knows his stuff and he was really passionate about publishing. So I knew that, you know, I'd bring him on to help with the magazine. Um, in terms of writers, uh, I, I found the Pro Blogger job board to be an amazing place to find writers. And, uh, you know, that if you post one time on there, 
that you know the amount of writers you can have can serve you a lifetime <laughs> like from from that one blog post nice. another way I've, another way uh, i've found to be good to get contributors is through source bottle which is kind of like pretty much like harrow but uh, it's you know it's more like they are international but a lot of people are based out of australia but you know um, they still like people that that you find from source bottle still know how to write content with you know an international presence in mind so that's been really, really great. And, uh, you know, we have tons and tons of writers. Then also we get a lot of writers from recommendations or just referrals. And then from there, you know, we want, I needed, I know, I knew that we needed like a, like someone that goes full time on content. And, uh, that person that works in our team right now is Jonathan. Uh, and I met him from an event and, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I had him, like he asked me if he was looking, if I was looking for any writers and I thought, you know what, this kid, he's a young kid. He seems like he's got a lot of hustle. I'll give him a crack and, uh, you know, gave him a shot and, and we did just did a few like test, uh, projects where he wrote a few articles for the blog. And, you know, after a few months I was like, you know, would you like to work with us full time? And, uh, you know, it, it, it appeared that he was looking for a full time gig and now he just hits up our content and, uh, he's just absolutely crushing it. And then also we've got like an AV editor in Hungary. I've been working with Ballas since the beginning. I found him off Elance. Um, and then also, what else we got going on? You know, we've got an Infusionsoft consultant. We've got a lot of contractors as well, like you know, contract web guys, contract SEO guys, contract Infusionsoft guys. And then uh, also we just recently uh, brought on kind of like a a community slash, you know, product dev person that helps me bring these products to life. So that's David and he's just been a great friend of mine for a long period of time and he just knows this space really well and he's really talented. So yeah, he's he's hitting up Founders Club. He's really good at business development. And uh yeah, this oh yeah, and then we have two VAs as well, you know, one full time, one part time. Angela found from Virtual Star Finder. And then Cherry, I found just from um, like a friend, me and a friend share her as 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 our virtual assistant. And um, yeah, like both of them do admin support and social media stuff. And uh, yeah, from there, they're like they're pretty much our social media managers. You wouldn't know it, but I don't believe you need like a full time social media manager. You can mm-hmm. you can get like a VA to do a lot of that stuff if you're good at social and, and know the tasks and break it down. Yeah. So yeah, in a roundabout way, that's that's how we've built up our team, and yeah, we're still we we're, we're pretty lean, but uh, yeah, always looking to grow. Like uh, probably we're actually we're looking to hire someone else at the moment, and I just put up an ad in the Pro Blogger job board for a publishing editorial assistant that will help bring the magazine together a bit more, mm. and um, I can take a little bit of a step back, and uh, you know that for that process, I stole the idea of Vision Lakiani, where I get people to submit a YouTube video. And I think yeah. that that shows a lot about someone's character from that. And in a roundabout way, I hope that answers your question, Tom. <laughs> that uh, that definitely answered. I loved it. I found it interesting. I, I I would assume the listeners did too. But it's like that's the kind of detailed stuff that a lot of people gloss over. But I think that shows us kind of the methodology that went into it and kind of how you progressively hired. And I think that's mm. great. I think it's brilliant. Um, Awesome. Well, we're we're at the thirty-five minute mark. I want to respect your time. So, do you have any last parting words for anybody who's uh, starting and building something? Um, you know, maybe at that point where they have gotten um, product market fit, hopefully, right, or working toward it and looking to go uh, get to that next level. Um, any pieces of advice for for that person? 
Yeah, sure thing. I just wanted to say, man, I'm happy to keep going. I've got like another 20 minutes if you want to keep going. But um, I'll answer this question. Just totally up to you if you want to keep going. I'm easy. Uh, but I guess last final words for anyone who's looking to find like product market fit and – you know, if you're out there and and you're either maybe working on a side hustle project or you're in publishing and and you're working on, you know, building up a content platform, I think there's a few things that need to be taken away uh, that I'd like to share. And that is, you know, the first thing is if you're looking for product market fit, you know, I think you just have to just follow your gut. It, it really does depend. Like I've even asked Steve Blank, you know, the guy that pretty much invented the lean startup and, you know, if you're looking for product market fit, it really just depends on, you know, where you're at with your business, you know, you just have to gauge, but of course you need paid customers. That's, a, that's a good start. And then you just kind of have to gauge and follow your gut that, you know, you're servicing a market and you're solving a big enough problem that, you know, if you find a few customers, you know, a handful, you can find, you know, hunt thousands more and if not thousands 10,000 more and tens of thousands more and hundreds of thousands and millions more so that's the kind of question you need to ask yourself I guess and then also when it comes to publishing because I know uh, that uh, you do a lot of stuff around publishing Tom I just wanted to share that you know a lot of people think that you know the, ha- having a having a publishing company or a media company is kind of like a tough gig and, and, you know, investors don't want to invest in those kind of companies and, and it's, it's kind of a broken model. I, and, and I just want to say, you know, I was also speaking to the founder of the next web about this, uh, literally two nights ago and the, the, the media, the media landscape has definitely changed and, and it definitely is you know, the traditional way of publishing a magazine or, or running, running like a content powerhouse that that traditional way has, has definitely been broken. And the way you need to look at it now, and this is what we do, this is what the next web are doing, and, and I think it's really, really smart, is the way you need to look at it is you need to look at it as building a multifaceted platform. So for us, you know, our flagship is obviously the magazine, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, our, our mission is, is to serve and, and equip and help entrepreneurs however we can. So you know, how can one, how can we find leverage for our content? And two, how can we, uh, you know, have many different assets underneath our platform? So it's not just about publishing a magazine anymore. And then that's it. You need to think about, you know, your blog, you need to think about your email list, you need to think about other digital products, you need to think about membership sites, you need to think about events, you need to think about advertising, you need to think about all those like your blog and your website and your social media strategy, you need to think about, you know, where does your, where does your audience hang out and, and how are many different ways you can service them? Because if you just create, I think, a, a company that's a media-based company where you produce a lot of content and you just want to go for ads, I think that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a poor game. Like that's, that's a, that's a lost game because mm-hmm. it is so difficult to focus on one revenue channel, I think, with this kind of model. Interesting. No, I, 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 I agree with you completely. Um, and I, I think publishing is awesome depending on, again, kind of what your goals are in life and stuff like that. But for me, it was kind of a low hanging fruit. 
um, kind of coming at it from a non-technical background, I remember thinking, what can I do? Well, I could probably mm. figure out books, right? Um, yeah. And so it was like, okay, I'll, I'll try this out. But it's obviously grown into a lot more than that. But I agree completely. Like, it's I, I think it's there's a lot of value in publishing. There's a lot of ways to to monetize it, quote unquote. I'm I'm curious about so since we do have a little bit more of your time, and I, w- I will take it, and I appreciate the generosity there. Um, You're welcome, bro. Yeah. How did you? You know, you have you got a lot of people on on board. Uh, interviewees you mentioned steve blank as an example um uh virgin alaska's uh richard brunson and you know a bunch of these guys uh that are just doing great things um how how do you approach these people how did you get them on to uh onto founder mag yeah so yeah that's one thing that's been really um powerful for our marketing strategy tom is not only just good branding and design, and that's probably something I should have touched on. You know, when it comes for, for us, I've found there's been a lot of power in in having great design, and and not just from from the magazine, but just building an epic brand with great design. If you go to our website, if you go to our magazine, you go to any of our collateral, it's you know I've got a good good eye for I think I've got a good eye for design, and it, it's really cool and it's really funky and uh, makes people want to take a second look. And uh, you know that piece has been really powerful. And if you can if you compi- if you com- if you put that together with the amount of influences that we've featured in the past two and a half years on our magazine and our podcast, uh, it's it's it really is the ultimate combination to be able to pitch like a Richard Branson and get him to come on the magazine or, or Damon John or Barbara Corcoran or or whoever an Elon Musk. You know we haven't got Elon Musk, but we've definitely pitched for that. So, um, you know we've been quite good at that in- influencer marketing. So. To break it down for you, the way that we get hard to reach people, you know, Tim Ferriss, Seth Godin, Tony Robbins, all these, all these massive influences in the entrepreneurship startup space is a few things. One, having a magazine has a lot more weight as opposed to having a blog or a podcast and having a magazine and offering a front cover, uh, has, has a ton of weight. And then also, you know, adding in that, you know, like we we got lucky, you know. The, the our number, like our first biggest win was we we got Richard Branson for issue number eight. And when you start pitching, saying, you know, here's how your front cover would look like, and you and you ad- attach it, uh, and you you show the the Richard Branson issue with Richard Branson on the front cover, that automatically makes people think, okay, wow, like these guys are legit, which we are legit. But you know, they don't they don't really care if we're only been around for two and a half years. They, in fact, wouldn't even ask about our audience size, even if we do share our audience size. So, you know, that's the that's the next piece of the puzzle. And then another piece of the puzzle is, you know, are these people looking for press? Tim Ferriss, you know, the way the way we got Tim Ferriss was he wanted to promote his uh, TV show that was coming out, and you know, it just came down to knowing the right person. Uh, the you know. Tim Ferriss uses a PR company to fill up all his interviews. Uh, so does Tony Robbins. They, in fact, share the same PR company. Uh, so, you know, that's how we got Tony Robbins as well. He launched his book and, uh, you know, it was a massive no-brainer to get him to come on and, and do an audio interview. And we, you know, massively repurposed that content. We, you know, put it, you know, put him on the front cover of the magazine, you know, do a blog post, do a podcast episode. And also we can also pitch now, like we've got a column on on entrepreneur.com we've got a column on huffington post and we've got all these other you know columns and logins like we can repurpose that and and put it in all these other places so we just try and make it a massive no-brainer 
And then as time has gone on, Tom, I've just kind of been pitching just massively way ahead in advance. So uh, the last issue, so the December issue for 2015, will have Guy Kawasaki on the front cover. And I pitched and locked that down, and that was the last issue of all the all the pitches that I did. I locked that down, man, in like February or March. And right now, like I've I've filled up the front covers for 2016 up until July. So we've got you know coming like Gary V. He's got a book coming out. We've got mm. coming, um, you know, one of the co-founders of Y Combinator, Jessica Livingston. Mm. Uh, you know, Justin Khan from Twitch TV, who sold his company to Yahoo for close to a billion dollars. You know, these are some of the other front cover features we've got coming. So, <clears throat> in essence, to break it down. Having a magazine, having an in, having having a tool that you can use to build your influence has been very powerful. Having that automatic social proof and getting that quick win like we did for Richard Branson has been powerful. Knowing the right gatekeepers and the right contacts has been mm-hmm. really powerful. And then matching it up for when they're looking for press um, is, is a really the ultimate formula to being able to interview all sorts of big-time influencers in any niche. Wow, powerful stuff! Great, really, really smart stuff. I love how you uh, you approach that because I I I think uh, you know it's it's those things you you hear and you're like, oh yeah, that's well common sense, right? But it's not, and it's not common practice either. And I think it's it's interesting um, how people do or don't go about kind of methodically setting up um, types of different types of cross promotion, or whether it's getting somebody on a magazine, or getting somebody on a podcast, or getting you know connecting with somebody. Um, that I don't think they really approach it that way. So I think that's great stuff. Well, Nathan, oh, I, was, I, 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 I was just going to oh, say, go um, thank you, man. Like, uh, we did write an in-depth blog post, like a 7,000 word blog post, uh, that really, really breaks this down. Cause we get asked this question a lot and, um, yeah, we just want to write it a blog post to just be, you know, just blow it out of the water. Like that's a, that's a content, that's one of our content strategies. And I know you're f- quite familiar with this strategy, Tom, it's just like, you know, anything you put out there, especially when it comes to blog posts, just make it like the ultimate guide. Like it's just the authoritative blog post that people would want to bookmark. It's super useful. So if anyone would like to check out like in, that in-depth blog yeah. post, you can go to foundermag, F-O-U-N-D-R-Mag.com forward slash get interviews. And uh, yeah, that, you know, we can, we can delve even, if people want to delve even deeper on that. No, that's awesome. I'm going to make a note here to make sure that's linked up in the show notes there. Um, awesome stuff. Very cool. No, I, I think this is great, man. I, I think this is a lot of content, uh, very meaty. And so I will, I'll will wrap it up with this, but where can people find you, um, uh, connect with you personally as well, if, if that's possible? Yeah, so the best way to find us is if you go to foundermag.com, F-O-U-N-D-R mag.com. There's a reason that we're founder without an E, and that's a whole other story, <laughs> <laughs> and it has something to do with a lawsuit, but um, yeah, that's the yeah, foundermag.com. Awesome. Great. Well, I appreciate it, Nathan. Thanks so much for being on the call. You're welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for having me, man. Absolute pleasure. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you'd like to check out the show notes, just head over to tommorcus.com slash podcast, where you'll find the latest broadcast. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, please do me a favor and leave a rating and review on iTunes. That's the fastest, simplest, easiest way to support my creative work, and it would really mean a lot to me. As always, this is Tom Morcus.
And if you're listening to this, you are the resistance.